Welcome to Cougar Talk. The official, unofficial voice of SAU Cougar Athletics. And Spring Arbor is the 2019 NAIA Division II National Champion. And more. Get ready to get up to date on the latest in Cougar athletics. Talk to Cougar legends. And hear sports news from around the country. Let's get started. Here's your host, Eric Rose. Yeah, we're back in exclusive here at Cougar Talk, the podcast, the official unofficial voice of Cougar Athletics and more. Boy, this is going to be a fun episode, my friends. Buckle up and hold on as we talk about the history of Cougar Talk. It was back in the day in the early 2000s, a bunch of college students said, hey, we want to let people know about sports, Cougar sports and national athletics. And we came together with SAU Radio at a Saturday morning program. It was fantastic. And you know what? The boys are back in town. So I'm excited to have some of the members of the Cougar Talk staff with me and just want to say first and foremost what up harry gibbs good to have you in the program he is in the financial institutions in western new york and was with cougar talk from 05 to 08 hey how you doing harry nate pleasure to be here thank you Use my brother's name, but that's all good. I love it. I love it. Good to have you here. Harry, again, uh, my buddy from the west side of the state. He is a high school science teacher, and he was with Cougar Talk from 04 to 07. Everybody welcome here, Nick Balistra. Welcome to the program, bud. Hi, Eric. Thanks for having us. Looking forward to it. Good to have you, man. Oh, man, the guy there from south central Michigan. He's an attorney, and he was with the Cougar Talk from 03 to 08. What up, Steve Livingston? Hello, friends. Happy to be with you, Eric. Real pleasure. Good to have you this man and then the godfather of cougar talk the man the plan the legend one of the award-winning broadcasters i had a chance of serving with in cougar basketball he is in ministry in las vegas nevada and he was with cougar talk from 02 to 06 chris solak welcome to the program brother thanks for having me eric so as we talk about cougar talk and what it was like it's important as people listen to the podcast you know this all started back in the early 2000s and and chris you know you along with eric shaw kind of came up with cougar talk Cougar Talk. Talk a little bit about kind of the inception and how this all began. Yeah, the well, first, it, it, it shouldn't have ever happened. Um, <laughs> there, there was not a lot of support for the idea of more sports at Spring Arbor, I'll be honest. Eric Shaw uh, had gone to broadcasting school outside of Spring Arbor, and he was doing, doing a grad program. I had come from Illinois and already had gone through broadcasting school, so we kind of had that in common. We were newcomers, and we really lobbied for this seemed to be this huge gap in coverage of student athletes at Spring Arbor. And we, we really wanted to do a show. Uh, I don't know if you remember this or not, Eric, but when we first started doing Cougar talk, it was 30 minutes and Mm pre-recorded and pre-recording a fully produced, uh, show with all the technical changes that we wanted to put into it was an absolute nightmare. But by year two, it, it gained some traction. The university saw what we were doing was uh, good, not only good for the athletic department, but it was extremely well produced. Josh Coletta uh, and Stephen Hudson still, I've gone in and out of the profession and media wise, and those two guys really knew what they were doing. They did a great job and uh, you know, it had a good run, it had a good run. We're, we're grateful that Eric, you're, you're bringing it back to life here. Yeah, man, it's fun. I mean, it was a, it was a very transformational on my life. And so Steve Livingston, we'll go to you. So what are some of the memories that you have of being a part of Cougar Talk? Maybe some of the interviews and experiences that you had. What, what are your, some of your thoughts? Well, <clears throat> Eric, actually, I will, the first thing I remember, first thing I remember about Cougar Talk interacting with um, Chris or Eric Shaw was 
think it was the uh, second day uh, that I had gotten on campus. Um, so I was, I was still second. <clears throat> and Chris, I didn't have any idea who he was. He wandered into the lunchroom to talk to a guy that was in my core group. His name was Brad Dittmar, who worked at the station for a long time. And mm, yeah, yeah. Uh, for five, four or five years when he was in school. And Chris, I think, had heard that Brad might be interested in doing sports. And he was in my core group. So we we're sitting you know, near each other at the table. And Chris asked Brad about doing sports broadcasting. And Brad didn't want to do it. Um, sports isn't really his thing as far as broadcasting goes. And I just I was like, hey, man, like I'm interested. Like I actually like I grabbed Chris's attention and Chris, like, you know, we talked for a little bit and we got in contact later in the week and started doing stuff with him that fall behind the scenes and then started calling games. Um, and as far as like there's a lot of there's a lot of fun shows, a lot of cool interviews, uh, interviewing Frank Beckman a couple of times. We mm. interviewed Frank Beckman the morning after Bo Schembechler died. I think yeah. Nick and Harry both in in for that one. Um, it was the day of the number one versus number two Michigan Ohio State game till six. Um, yeah. Harry, uh, Harry and I went and interviewed Tony Dungy uh, yeah. at the Jackson Mall when he was in town. That was cool. Um, you know, we interviewed a couple of other big name broadcasters. I think actually what sticks out to me though is some of the games we called. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, at least to us, it felt like like big time college athletics. I mean, <laughs> obviously, it's NAIA or the NCCAA. Um, yeah, I don't know. We just we we had a lot of fun with it, and um, uh, I mean, I, there was a game. Um, uh, well, Huntington came to town. I think they were number two. Uh-huh. So pulled the upset. That was uh, one of my favorite basketball games. The NCCA championships, and then Harry remembers this. Uh, we were in Huntington, and Cody Sharp threw nine innings of sh- nine innings of shutout ball mm-hmm. against the best one of the best lineups in the country. It was one of the best pitch games I've ever seen. Yeah. Harry and I called it. And it got this, it got the Cougars to Lewiston for the college world series. So, yeah, I mean, I think calling games was, was my favorite part of it. Cougar talk was awesome. And it was a lot of fun to talk about Cougar sports and basically just have fun with my friends for an hour on Saturday. Um, but calling the games was um, at the time being young and dumb felt like a, a real, like big time college athletics. And it was cool yeah. to get the opportunity. Yeah, I mean, it was it was totally a, a fun brotherhood and the memories we made together. And again, this is Cougar Talk, the podcast, the official unofficial voice of Cougar Athletics and more. And Nick Felistra, you know, I want to talk to you, my friend. Um, you know, you had a chance to do some basketball games and things like that. But uh, can, can you talk a little about your experience there on Cougar Talk and, and what it's what it meant to you and some of the memories? Yeah, um, I came on a year after what Steve was just talking about, and it was a similar experience than the fact that I think Steve and I had a, the same broadcasting class or something and he heard that I don't know first or second day that I wanted to do sports and so Steve's like hey we're doing this sports show if you want to come along and so <clears throat> I remember it happening really fast probably similar to Steve I can't remember what day it was when I got there but it was then within the first week or two of me getting on campus that I was uh, invited to start helping on the show and then I don't know going out and interviewing different coaches and uh, doing little recaps for the week whatever it might be volleyball or basketball or <clears throat> soccer or whatever it might be. Um, I remember those early days and those, uh, and I was, they even see most of it, but all the production time that went into right. producing the, those early shows, I remember it took forever. <laughs> but I also remember how fun those nights were that even though they were, we were there late, we were just, like Steve said, we we're just kind of hanging out with friends and yeah. goofing off and having, having fun doing what we were doing. Um, <clears throat> but I mean, in terms of highlights, I mean, one of the things for me I remember is certainly calling the games. And I remember um, I got I had the chance that when the Spring Arbor went out to the NAIA World Series for baseball, I had a chance to go out to Lewiston and call the games. And that was the year that they uh, they got to the national championship game. And uh, right. 
um, lost to Lewis and Clark, who had like something ungodly for a uh, uh, NAIT, something like nine players drafted off the team. Like nobody was going to beat them. So the fact that they came in second was a, a pretty big deal at that point. But I mean, it, it, like Steve said, it, it was hanging out with friends and hanging out with buddies. It was right. uh, it, great memories of being able to help on the show and just really doing what we love because we all love sports. Mm-hmm. And um, I find it hard to believe that other small schools like Spring Arbor Size would have uh, that many guys who are that passionate and that devoted to putting out a really quality product like what we did. Absolutely. And the quality product, you know, you speak to it, Nick, uh, and I'll talk in a couple <clears throat> minutes. It really, we did it really what we were doing reverberated not only within the Spring Arbor community, but we also won some awards too, like some Michigan educational broadcast awards and MBA war. I'm sorry, I didn't say it right, but uh, Michigan Association of Broadcasting. And so, you know, we, we really uh, turned some pages. And so again, um, you know, with, with my friend here, Harry Gibbs, um, Harry, what was, again, some of your experience on Cougar Talk, maybe some of the memories that you had, uh, speak to that a little bit, if you would. Yeah, as, uh, I guess the guy that started uh, later on in the process, um, really unique for me. I, I grew up in New York, uh, started my college career in a school in Western New York, and there wasn't a lot of excitement around um, within my major about focusing on broadcasting. I was essentially told, you know, we're not going to teach you broadcasting. So I started shopping around to other schools and I remember going on a visit um, and they gave me a chance to come. I obviously went out on a weekend and they let me jump in on a Saturday morning and see what they were doing. And I just remember being so fired up. Um, If you're from New York, uh, Mike and the Mad Dog is a, a legendary show. And not that we were, you know, Mike and the Mad Dog, but we were all there fired up, you know, having really passionate conversations, which is exactly what drew me in. I mean, I'm a New Yorker. I like arguing with people. And uh, it was just uh, so appealing. And it's honestly the reason I went to Spring Arbor and why I transferred there uh, was for Saturday mornings and for the conversations and the debate. And it it was awesome. It, it, It absolutely helped me you know, move on to a you know, professional radio career, just having the chops to, you know, stand up and argue a point that no one was going to agree with. You know, I was in a room with a bunch of Michigan fans and I hated Michigan. <laughs> and not because and not because I was a state fan, but because I just hated Michigan <laughs> and uh, and the Big Ten. So it was it was always such good uh, opportunity uh, to, to bond. Yes. But to really kind of practice a craft of the art of, of rhetoric and, and arguing, uh, in a, in a, in a night, in a nice, like a spirited way. Right. For sure. Absolutely. Always a lot of spirit. Um, you know, with many of us that are, that are Michigan fans and, uh, have an enjoyable discussion. Again, you're listening to Cougar talk, the podcast, official unofficial voice of Cougar athletics, and more. We're here in an exclusive interview with many of our Cougar Talk brothers who uh, started a radio program back in the early 2000s. So, guys, here's the thing: I was, I had a chance. Uh, our production team gathered uh, some thoughts and ideas from people who had listened to Cougar Talk. There were former athletes, people in the Spring Arbor community, and here are some of the things. I'm just going to give you some brief things, and I want you to just kind of respond to this a little bit, kind of open up. You know, one of the emails that we received, again, we, we were asked to not give some of these names, but uh, one of the individuals said, you know, they were a very professional group. I enjoyed listening to them every Saturday. They did a great job of promoting 
Spring Arbor Athletics. I felt like I knew many of the athletes and also they brought in some really cool national thoughts and interviews to the program. Well done. So when you think about just that comment, particularly the one that they got to know the Spring Arbor athlete, you know, when you think about that experience and and those comments, what come to your mind, particularly to those comments? Well, I think like anybody, we, we were a small campus. We were a small school and we knew these guys. We went to class with them. Uh, We connected with them, you know, on the long bus rides uh, to Indiana or wherever we were traveling uh, for basketball games. And it was just an opportunity to promote uh, our friends and the greatness we were seeing them, you know, perform at on the field or at the, on the court. And, that's what I loved about it was I felt like I was, you know, a little bit of a hype man for these, these dudes that I really respected and uh, thought were worthy of the praise, even though we, we came from a small school. Right. Right. Chris, what are some of your thoughts? Well, you know, the one thing that I, that I had a vision for with, with Cougar talk, because when we went from 30 minutes pre-recorded to 60 minutes live number one it had to be technical changes we had to sound exactly like uh what you would hear on the radio it Mm. it, there was no reason that we couldn't maintain a high professional level because we knew what we were doing Mm -hmm. you know the guys talk about uh you know meeting different places and having conversations i was constantly looking for people who knew sports you didn't have to be able to talk well. You didn't have to. You had to know the dynamic of sports. You had to know the passion in sports. And then you had to know how to relate it. You had to know how to explain it. You know, getting Harry in was like, like that was like a gift out of nowhere. But like right. Nick came in and Steve, Steve was like the first little disciple to, to be brought along <laughs> with Eric Sean. I, uh, he was, he, I was going to say, he was like a little brother. Like he was like very wide eyed. Um, and, and Sean and I, we were not, I'm going to be honest, we were not typical Spring Arbor students. <laughs> we're not typical in, in a lot of ways, but the, the expectation for Cougar Talk and for uh, basketball and, and baseball broadcast, exceptionally, exceptionally high. And, and those standards were never, the, these guys, can, you can ask these guys, we worked long hours. We yeah. worked, I mean, I remember the Burbridge special after Hank passed and Eric Sean, I worked on it for 36 hours doing the interviews and putting it together. And then having a production team come in and work with us to do it. I didn't sleep and went actually recorded one of my better games, kind of a memorable game when we went on the road, uh, Michael Lancaster's uh, famous last second hit uh, in the first round of the, yeah. The dagger, the dagger, the dagger dagger home is what is the, what happened? And then I and then I snored the entire ride home and annoyed half the bus. And Steve thought that was the funniest thing ever. He just kept Coach pointing at Snyder was so at mad at you. <laughs> and it was just you know I hadn't slept in two you know really like almost yeah almost two days at that point. And yeah. so um, nothing got in the way of the quality of the broadcast. If you were going to come right. on and be a part of our team, we had a lot of people who wanted to be a part of our team as it got bigger and and we started to get more and more notoriety and mm-hmm. we did we want we didn't win maeb awards nobody on our staff wanted right. maeb awards right. we, we, we didn't see ourselves as students and we competed with you know we brought in we, we interviewed people from the pistons 
We interviewed mm-hmm. people from the shock. We talked to Tony Dungy, of course, connected to, to Spring Arbor. Right. And, and, you know, we, but there was, there was so much more than that. Ernie Harwell. Yeah. One of the Pat great summit too. I, I remember Chris do. Pat summit, you know, the coach from University oh, yeah. of Tennessee. Yes. Yeah. No, I mean, we, we had, um, Dean Lockwood, great, yep. great assistant and former Spring Arbor personnel and grad, uh, an assistant under Pat Summit. The, yeah. the great connection there. We've we've had, and of course Ryan Cottingham. Uh, Ryan was always my go-to guy. <laughs> I, I think I interviewed Ryan a little over fifty times, yeah, something right. to that measure over over my four years there. You know, Ryan was was always available to us. Um, there's a bunch of people in the athletic department though that, that uh, made themselves very available to us because because they understood how serious we were i remember tom bridge the women's basketball coach there at the time yeah and he didn't talk to anybody when we came (laughs) in everybody was like don't talk to tom bridge and we were sean and i were like why and they were like because he gives the station a bad name and and the reason was is that unfortunately they sent students out with a student perspective we came in with a professional perspective and said no 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 we're going to change that Absolutely. And when Tom, Tom never had a problem talking with us. And so I, I have to, I, I, yeah, sorry, ahead. I just want to jump in here yeah. a second. And I got to say that Chris really set the tone for that. I mean, yeah. he taught us all how to be professional that, yeah, he was right. That we all love sports and we all li- grew up probably watching sports, listening to sports talk. We knew what it was supposed to sound like walking in, but Chris set the tone that this is going to be professional. He taught us so much about like, when you go to do a game, you're dressing up. You wear a shirt and tie when you go to the game. And it was a principle I kept following and uh, as I kept going through a professional career for a little while. But I got to say, like, it was what we did there was more professional and better content and being able to talk to these guys who knew, knew sports inside and out. It was better than a lot of the t- – not a lot. Every other single sports show I ever did at an actual radio show right. station, this was better than any of that stuff. Yeah, for sure. And I think, you know, Nick, this speaks a lot to our next quote. Um, our next quote is from someone who listened to Cougar Talk for three years. Mm-hmm. One of their um, children became an athlete, um, I think in 2008, and says this, you know, not only were they professional, but it was part of the recruiting tool for my child. We listened often, and it was clear and enunciated well. Also, it was fun to listen to. A lot of high energy and very professional for a college radio sports talk show. Well done, Cougar Talk. So I think that right. speaks speaks a lot. What do you think, Livingston, when you hear that? Well done, Ben. I think that the athletic department knew that they were willing to give us a lot of rope. They knew that we had their best interest at heart. Uh, they understood we were going to be professional and we had a job to do, but we weren't. It was kind of, it was kind of in between, you know, we weren't necessarily homers where we were going to just basically propagate the athletic department, but we also weren't your typical media where we were sharks looking for a story. It was kind of the middle and they understood that we had their best interest at heart. Um, I mean, and we were, I mean, like Harry said earlier, you know, we went to, we went to classes with these athletes. Um, You know, we were friends with a lot, with a lot of them. Um, You know, we hung out on the weekends, you know, and game, you know, non game days. Um, and we practiced with the women's basketball team for uh, yeah. a couple of years. Um, yeah. In fact, Harry, I think I've never seen Harry more scared than. So Tom, funny aside, Tom Bricks said the one rule you can't, the, you, I want you to play as physical as you can, physical defense as you can against the girls, because if you can play good defense against them, then playing against uh, other female athletes won't be a problem. So just don't block the shot because, you know, then it'll alter the shot. And I've never been a shot blocker. 
because I'm 5'10 and I don't have long arms, so it's not a big problem for me. However, Harry's first play on defense, some some play, one of the girls, one of the players, drives baseline, puts up a floater, and Harry sends it to the other side of the house. <laughs> just swats the crap out of it, immediately realizes what he did, and just, like, starts apologizing profusely. <laughs> and to his credit, Coach Bridge was it's like, all right, it's cool, just don't do it again, we're good. And, I, you know, we had you know we um they knew we had their best interest at heart we interacted with these with these athletes and coaches all the time uh they would give us time whenever we wanted um and it was a wide variety of personalities to deal with i mean you've got high energy guys like coach cottingham and you've got your reserved classy professional like coach riddle i mean he always gave great answers oh Uh, the statesman yeah i mean yes that's chris that's probably the best way to put it he's a statesman um uh and be able to interact with coaches that were at the top of their profession, um, national championship winning coaches um, that were serious individuals that took their job seriously. Um, the fact that they gave us that time was also, um, you know, showed us that we were doing a pretty decent job. And, um, you know, like Nick said, Chris set the tone early on. Uh, I mean, while Eric Shaw and Chris both, it was their brainchild, Chris, Chris was the reason why it went from a half hour pre-recorded show that was kind of a fun thing to do to a very serious production that was able to continue for a couple of years after he left. Um, I don't know how many of you guys remember the meetings in the library that we do on Sunday nights to the radio station on Sunday nights where Chris would basically just go after every one of us and pick apart everything we did. Right. Um, and, you know, I didn't have a problem with that. Um, it was understood from the beginning that Chris was critiquing our work so we'd get better. I don't, I don't know if other people handled it the same way I did, I was fine with it because I wanted to get better and I wanted to, you know, um, be a better broadcaster. I knew I had a long way to go. Um, and so that made me better. It made the rest of us better. And, yeah. you know, he set up a foundation where um, Cougar Talk was very successful for a while after he left. Mm-hmm. And, and now, Eric, you're bringing it back. And yeah. that's like also credit to Chris that it was so successful. And, um, you know, we like doing it so much that, Eric, you bring it back yeah. 10, 15 years afterwards. Well, it's an honor. It's an honor to bring you back and uh, to tell some more stories and to uh, talk more uh, Cougar Athletics. Again, this is Cougar Talk, the podcast, the official unofficial voice of Cougar Athletics and more. And Harry, I'm going to kind of end with you a little bit. We'll talk a little NFL playoffs in a second. But what were some of your thoughts when you think about as we talk about the culture of Cougar Talk and and you kind of inserted yourself, you know, a little bit, uh, you know, in the late 2000s? Um, when you think about that culture, did, could you feel the culture of excellence that you needed to do a good job um, for the respect of the players? Can you talk a little bit about that at all? Yeah, and I guess I'll just piggyback off what you guys were mentioning in that we got the respect from the coaches and I'll say the athletes. You know, no one ever like joked around with us and tried to punk us and make us feel like fools for taking this so seriously. They right. knew like we were going to school to become professional broadcasters we had aspirations outside of spring arbor just like maybe they had aspirations of being uh athletes professionally and some of them obviously were um so i just loved that culture of you know if you show up and you show that you're a professional uh they'll treat you like a professional we weren't a joke to them and at all um and they respected us and we put out a great product because of that and um, it made, you know, I think it makes Spring Arbor super unique and, and it totally delivered on why I wanted to go there. Um, yeah. It gave me exactly what I was looking for, which was, you know, legit, real, 
practice at at this thing we call sports talk and you know sports broadcasting absolutely and so you know it was again not just a singular effort for for just uh, you know chris and eric i mean we we have not only all the guys that are represented here. I mean, we have a huge thanks for Steven Hudson, who is our producer, Josh Coletta doing production work and uh, various things. You know, we had Nate Rose, my brother, and then, um, you know, Steve Dunn. And uh, again, with, with all these guys, we're able to, to make Cougar Talk a wonderful experience and it's, it's good to have it back. So now let's go into a little bit of NFL playoffs and uh, I'll start with you again, Harry, again, um, your Buffalo Bills, Really made it happen here in that uh, wild card. What are some of the things that you see? And do you think they can go all the way? What are your thoughts after that game? Yeah, I mean, there's no doubt they can go all the way. It's a very unique season, right? You know, there's no fans or or such a limited number of fans that the, the promotion of offense has been huge. And they are a dominant offensive team this year. I never thought I would say that as a Bills fan. It's never been a part of the DNA of the Buffalo bills. And unless you go all the way back to the super bowl years of the early nineties. And that's right. what this feels like. It just feels like um, a quarterback that completely embraces the attitude and the culture of, of Western New York and the bills mafia. He's a hard nosed dude and plays quarterback super tough. Uh, but he's also got right. sick next level skills athletically and arm talent. And he's just showing out, uh, with Diggs and and Beasley, they have like great, uh, just an offense that really complements itself. And I love that they played poorly <laughs> and got a, a team's best shot and still won. And right. honestly, when you look at the statistics, didn't even play that poorly. You know, they have a quarterback that completed seventy percent of their passes. Uh, so I'm fired up. Obviously, yeah. I, I could go on and on. Um, <laughs> I, I don't think you can argue with a, with a team that actually produced some type of a sporting environment with 6,700 fans. That's ridiculous. Yeah. And absolutely. Uh, they, Josh Allen was, was just a thriller as a quarterback, uh, hitting 74% of his passes, you know, 324 yards and, and two TDs with no interceptions. I mean, he was an absolute stud. Excited to see what they're going to do in Western New York. Well, we go to Mr. Nick Velistra, the cheesehead out of all of us. Nick, what do you think for your Packers in it? And what do they have to do? And, and yeah, I know. Boo. Yep, I know. So, Valistra, tell us a little bit about your pack attack there in Green Bay. What are your thoughts about them in the playoffs? Do you think they can go all the way? Any thoughts on that? Well, listen, every single year for – I mean, Packers have been good for a while now with Rodgers and around, and they were, they made it to the NFC Championship last year, obviously. But, I don't know, every single year I watched them for, I don't know, last – I don't know, seven, eight years, every year I'm like, oh, well, the, this is clearly the, a huge issue for them. And right. this is what's going to get them beat in the playoffs. And it does every single year, whatever that is, can't stop the run, can't stop the pass, can't move, can't run the, whatever it is, it, that always ends up being their thing. I, they don't have a gapping hole, gaping hole this year. They, okay. Teams were running out on them pretty well earlier this season, but it's, not that they've seemed to be correcting that they're in their offense is just dynamite. This is as good as offense I've seen out of green Bay. And I don't know, at least probably 10 years, uh, they can, they can score against any, absolutely anybody. And even when their defense isn't great, they can still keep putting up points and that's, what's going to keep taking them pretty far. And I listen, we're seeing some upsets and stuff in the NFC already. This right. is uh 
uh, it's anybody's game in the NFC. So they absolutely can. I think that their path is probably easier than anybody out of the AFC. AFC is a lot tougher, I think, this year. For sure. Yeah. Very diversified offense there for the Packers. We'll see how far they can go. Uh, hey, Steve Livingston, your thoughts on the NFL playoffs currently? Any Anyone you see? Um, who do you think is going to the Super Bowl? Any thoughts on that? Um, I did, I guess, my my quote picks before the playoffs. If you, I, picks, I think Livingston, the, Livingston I mean, always loves his predictions. No, I mean, I I think the, the Chiefs and team to beat because they're, but AFC is obviously tougher. I think the Chiefs and team to beat because you have to go in there and do. Right. Um, Harry, I'm not jinxing you. I'm actually helping you because if I pick the Bills, you'd probably get more mad at me because you yell <laughs> at me that I jinxed you. So. Right. <laughs> <laughs> And I, under, I, I I don't understand what you're going through because the Lions haven't sniffed a shot at a title in since in 70 years or something. True. But I can bad. imagine what you're going through because if the Lions were the two seed in the NFC and and won and got on another home game, I wouldn't be able to focus on anything else at all, ever. <laughs> so credit to you for just doing your job and getting to the next day because I wouldn't be able to do that. Right. So that that aside, <laughs> the AFC is tougher. I, I, the Chiefs are probably the favorite. I actually like the Buccaneers in the, uh, mm. in the in the NFC. I know everyone's gonna say the Saints beat them badly, but look, it's hard to beat a good team three times. Tom Brady is still Tom Brady. Bruce Arians is a really good coach. The offense is rolling. Leonard Fournette is surprisingly. We'll see if he stays healthy. Uh, but yeah, you know, I I, let, I know that that Washington hung around against them. Um, I don't know. I just I think I think that I like the you know I like the Bucks to go. Um, to make the um, yeah. to make to make the Super Bowl, probably the Chiefs. I would probably still pick to repeat. Um, and I was really hoping to see Brady going to Lambeau. <laughs> and then we'll see. I don't know the matchups off the next week. I will do whatever I can to jinx the Packers. So Nick, whatever you want me to do, to jinx them, happy to do that. Well, well, it usually doesn't work for you. So yeah, I right. hope that ever, that Aaron Rodgers gets hurt and the Packers lose. There you go. Well, well Steve, that's a, that's a go good pick with Tampa Bay. Probably. You know, Tampa Bay's played really tough. I mean, here in the last game, you know, they, they played against the Washington. Disclaimer, I'm joking about Aaron Rodgers. I don't actually want him to get hurt. I just don't want him to succeed. I understand. I get that. Well, hey, Tom Brady, I mean, still really stellar, Steve. Um, you know, he was excellent against Washington, 381 yards, two TDs, 22 for 40. So pretty pretty tough. My man, Chris Solak, your thoughts on the NFL playoffs? Any teams you see that uh, are ones that uh, you think might go to the Super Bowl? What are your thoughts on that, buddy? Well, I, I think it's easy when you talk about the AFC. I know people don't want to think it's a foregone conclusion, but unless unless we see something out of Kansas City, like, the entire time the entire team takes a nap in the third quarter or something. I don't, I don't see them losing, uh, especially since everything's got to come through Arrowhead uh, fans are no fans. Those red seats right. just do something to you. It's a psychological. <laughs> I don't know. It, it, it's, it's going to be hard to see anybody else, but Kansas city come, come out, come out of the way the AFC. Um, I think you got to give. I think you got to give the Bills some credit, though. I think you got to give the Bills. The Bills have this weird energy around Agreed. those kinds of teams. And I'm telling you, hey, Harry, it's it's great. You got a quarterback that you're talking right. about, 6,600 fans in the, in the stands and everything. He's for, he played his college football in Laramie, Wyoming. 6,600 <laughs> people is like going to the big house for him. <laughs> so I, you know, it's. 
you know, that's that's no one has told this kid yet that Buffalo's not a the big city. Like he's so excited to be playing in, in a big market. Um, no, I just it's. Chris, it's are you saying Laramie, Wyoming, is not a big market? No. It's not, no, no. There's more cows there than people. I agree. Um, it's a great football school. Don't get me wrong. It's a great football school. But truthfully, you I think just, the Bills have this You just this tanked our ratings in Laramie, Wyoming. <laughs> you know Chris. what? You know what? The, 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 the milk, the milkmaids in the morning. Chris Coach there. We'll I have to have something else to listen to. Wyoming. There you go. Well, hey, Chris, thanks so much uh, for your analysis. You know, we're excited to watch the rest of the playoffs. And again, uh, guys, this is the end of, of our uh, – exclusive segment here of talking about the you know, history of Cougar talk and looking a little bit into the NFL playoffs. And, and again, I just want to allow um, just any, any other thoughts you have before, before we go, go ahead, Chris. Yeah. I just want to Eric, number one, I first you, um, you were, I had a lot of fun with Harry and Nick and Steve. And I did a lot of games with Steve uh, as a, as a color guy, but you and Steve, like totally different temperaments. Right. But your connection to the university, and I want to speak to this, and it's, I'm not surprised that you're bringing this thing back and that it's come back from the dead and that you're the guy doing it because you're the right person to be doing it. Um, nobody loves Spring Arbor more than Eric Rose. Um, and and I, want to speak, I want to speak to this really quickly. Uh, I, I talk, we talked about Eric Shaw helping, helping all this thing get moving and Stephen Husson, Josh Coletta, great producers, these guys that committed themselves um tim johnston yeah oh, the vp of communications at my time there he did more from a university uh administration standpoint to keep this show alive to give right. it oxygen to give it legitimacy with the university um and we're forever grateful for that right. i wanted to make sure that tim's name was mentioned because uh if it wasn't for him we would have disappeared there Absolutely. we really would have and and he he uh he did an amazing job and supporting us, advocating for us. But Rosie, um, you are always my favorite color guy. You are the most, we, we had some awesome trips traveling together right. and, and you are the right person. My point being is to bring this back. So, well, thank you, Congrats. my friend. And I appreciate that. It's a real honor again to continue Cougar talk. And as you mentioned, uh, again, Tim Johnson, we're excited in 48 hours from now, we have our very first episode, episode one, guarantee what you can guarantee the tribute of legendary baseball coach Hank Burbridge as we uh, look back in 15 years we lost him in 2005 and, and what a story we have so again if, if you um, listening to this pre-pod here of Cougar Talk the podcast the official unofficial voice of Cougar Athletics and more and this has been uh, a chance to talk to our Cougar Talk team again I'm Eric Rose, and along with the rest of my buddies, Nick Valistra, Harry Gibbs, Steve Livingston, Chris Solak, again, this is Cougar Talk. Thanks for listening to Cougar Talk. <coughs> Subscribe to the podcast on Google Podcast, Stitcher, or Podbean. Also, follow us on Instagram, Twitter, or Facebook at Cougar Talk SA. The views and opinions expressed on this podcast are those of Cougar Talk the Podcast and do not necessarily reflect those of Spring Arbor University or SAU Cougar Athletics. <laughs>